0: Thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Podcast. We love to hear about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how God has used Velocity to make a difference in your life, send an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. We are beginning a brand new series called Crush. And I'm pumped for this series. We're talking about relationships. Now, if you're new to church here, one thing you should know is that I'm always going to talk about relationships at different points throughout the year. And the reason I'm gonna do that is because there are few things as important in our life as the people that we choose to spend our life with. Our relationships matter. Uh, The reason they matter is because your relationships in life are either gonna help you or they're gonna hurt you. They're either going to grow you or they're going to grieve you. And what's funny to me is that most of us understand this mentally, we get that our relationships matter. We know they're important. Yet as many of us understand this, the truth is very few of us have the tools to put good relationships into practice. We, we often enter into relationships with the wrong motives. We enter them with the wrong agenda, with wrong expectations and a misunderstanding of the way things work out, that's why I want to help you today. I don't want to get really real in this series because so much of what we're looking to for help with our relationships isn't helping. We're letting our relationships be more and more defined by what culture says than what Christ says. And if you want to do what culture says, like, you don't need any help with that. You don't need any instruction with that. Doing what culture says is easy. Unfortunately, you do what culture says, what you're gonna wind up with is living a life that is lonely and guarded, moving from broken relationship to broken relationship, wondering why you're picking up the pieces when it's over. So I gotta help you understand that even though we're calling the series Crush, I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm really talking about all of our relationships in life. I'm gonna say some things that'll help you if you're married, I'll say some things that'll help you if you're dating, engaged, or single, looking to mingle, whatever it is, but I want to talk to you about all your relationships and I want to do it in a way that's gonna help you win at your relationship. Does anybody like to win? Yeah, any Chiefs fans like to win, maybe? Uh, I-, I like to win. And uh, are there any 49ers fans in here? You can leave if you are. I'm just saying. I was actually born in California, but when I was a child, I thought as a child. When I grew, I put away childish things. So, but uh, when I'm talking about winning, here's what I need you to understand. I'm not saying that you're the winner and the other person in the relationship is the loser. That's not how relationships work. No. In relationships, when you win, the other person wins, we win together. Does this sound like a velocity church series or, or what? We we win together. The sad reality is, is that most of us are losing when it comes to our relationships. We're not the losers, but we're losing and the other person is losing. And so we wind up broken and hurting. And I'm not saying that you don't have Jesus, you love God, you're just lonely. You know Jesus. You just have no friends. And instead of crushing our relationships, we end up being crushed by our relationships. Well, I wanna give you some stuff that's gonna help you with that today. And to do that, I wanna start at the very beginning. We are going way back, all the way back to Genesis. Now, if you're new to church or new to the Bible, Genesis is the first book in the Bible. Genesis just means beginnings. and. In Genesis, what you see is God's design for us in relationship. What's interesting, though, is that one of the very first times you see relationship mentioned in Scripture is when it's in the context of the absence of it. Now, I say one of the first times because you understand that relationship existed before God created humanity. In Genesis 1, what you see is God said, Let us make man in our image, and it said, and in his image he created them, male and female. Meaning that God was complete in relationship with himself. That's the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God didn't need us for relationship, he was already complete within relationship with himself, but when he made man, Genesis 2 tells us the story of how he did it, and I want us to look there to get us started today in our sermon. We're gonna begin in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, and I'm gonna just skip a few scriptures, not read the whole passage, but Genesis 2, verse 8 says, Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man that he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Verse 15 says, The Lord God place the man in the garden to tend it and watch over it. So if you're familiar, or maybe if you're not, this is what's happened in Scripture. In the beginning, God created everything. He spoke, said, let there be light. He saw that the light and saw it was good. And then he said, hey, I wanna separate the light, and I wanna separate the land from the water. I wanna separate space in the sky. He did that and said it was good. And he put stars in the sky, put the sun, he put everything there and he saw that and it was good. He said, let the sea bring forth creatures and did that and it was good. He said, let there be animals on the land. He did that and it was good. And then he made man on the sixth day. And what's really interesting is he's done all of this, but I noticed something in verse 18. I wonder if you've ever seen this before. It says, then the Lord God said, it is Not good. God's made everything, made creation. He sees it, says it's not good. And the first thing he says isn't good, he says it's not good that man would be alone. I want to use this verse to start our sermon off today. And I don't know about you, but whenever there's something in my life that's not good, I have this phrase that I say. And I wonder if you'll help me say this so we can preach this sermon together. I say, get it together, get it, I say it to my kids, I say it to myself, I'm like, you gotta get it together, Jay, come on, let's, I just talk to myself, like, you gotta get it together. I need you to help me preach this, once you find somebody, turn to them, give them a fist bump or maybe a slap in the face and tell them, get it together, get it, to, come on, don't leave anybody alone, don't leave anybody alone, you better find somebody, tell them to get it together. That's maybe, that, that, that's the word of God for our relationships, get it together. Hey, uh, it's always my custom to, to pray before we get into the preaching of God's word. Would you bow your head with me as we go to the Lord in prayer? God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that your word always speaks to our situation whenever we allow it into our life. And so God, we come before you today with open hearts, open minds, ready to receive what you would say to us, God. Speak through me, I believe you will, We thank you for it, God, in Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees with that can say amen. Hey, how many of you have brothers and sisters, or a brother or sister, just you're not an only child, and I just see who I'm talking to. All right, do I have any, you were an only child in here, anybody? Is that lonely? Was that awesome? I don't know, don't know what it was like. I grew up, I grew up, I have got one brother and uh, two sisters in my life. I'm the youngest in my family, uh, youngest of four, I'm also the smartest, best-looking, most <laughs> responsible, and the favorite. And, uh, and they're not here to uh, argue against that. So for all you know, it's true. But um, I, I grew up with some siblings, and maybe if you grew up with some siblings, you can attest to this, but in a house where you have siblings, there is always sibling rivalry. You guys know what I'm talking about? I just mean like you get in some fights, you maybe throw some punches, Um, Headlocks. That's the way it was in my house. But um, a lot of people are familiar with sibling rivalry. In my house, we didn't just have sibling rivalry. We also had sibling reconciliation. You got to understand, like, I grew up in a pastor's home. My dad was a pastor. So it wasn't just enough to fight. You always had to make it right. And um, parents, you know, you get pretty creative uh, with this as a parent. Because it's not enough just to um, apologize and forgive. You really what you want to make sure is that this isn't going to happen again. So I remember times where, um, you know, as, as part of the reconciliation process, I was doing my brother's chores. That was like, you know, you better not do this again. Now you got to do this chores. Or, um, you know, like if you were critical of somebody, uh, sister, if I said something rude, I'd have to say like three nice things. Like you're not just going to criticize. You're going to learn to say the right things. Um, in my family, and we do this in my family, like, like hug, you had to hug it out, like that was a big one. Like after you fight, after you called each other names, like you have to hug, like there was something about it. I see some parents nodding their heads. Now, here's the deal. Parents get really creative these days because I came across something, and this is true, I'm not making this up. Uh, I came across something, I'd never heard of this before. It's called the uh, Together Sweater. Anybody know the Together Sweater? or some of you nodding your heads, or it's, it's the, the get along shirt. You guys know what I mean by the, does anybody, anybody ever use the together sweater, get along shirt, the, okay, if you don't know what it is, um, you be, it's basically a, a giant sweater, giant shirt, and you put it over the children to force them to be together. Now, I see some of you parents taking notes, this is not the relational advice part of my sermon. Okay, I'm not endorsing this. I'm not suggesting I do that. Like, I'm just saying I, I've heard about that. I may happen to know somebody who has used this before. Here's the whole point, right? You, you put this together sweater, shirt over both of them. You're forcing them to be together. That means if they're gonna go anywhere. They have to agree that we are gonna walk over here. If, if they want to go get a drink of water from the kitchen, they have to get it together. The, the, the point of this is what I'm trying to say is that as a parent, how many of you are going to use that? Anybody ever have that happen to them, by the way? I'm just curious. You ever have to wear that? Okay, that's great. Everybody, nobody here is homeschooled, so um, <laughs> I'm just saying the point is to try and help your children learn that in order to succeed, they're going to have to succeed together you got to get it together. This is really what God was talking about in Genesis. And I'm not even referencing in Genesis 2.28 where he later says the two shall become one. You'll be one flesh. No, I mean where he says in Genesis 2.18, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for you to be alone. God has designed you for relationship. Now, this is all throughout the Bible. It's not just in Genesis. Later on, this guy Solomon, who's considered the wisest man who ever lived, he would write this in the book of Ecclesiastes. He said, two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. So we're talking about crushing the relationship game and crushing life. If you want to win You've got to do it together. You need people in your life. Two are better. I'm better with you. You're better with me. All the good things in life flow from relationship. And what I'm hoping you see this morning is that God wants relationship for you, God has relationship for you. God's intention is for you to be in relationship with others. It's the way that we are created. It's the way that we're wired. This isn't like a good option. This isn't like a nice suggestion. You should think about it, take it into consideration. This isn't something like to try out when you feel like, no, God says it is not good for you to be alone. It's not good for you to set up your life in a way that's guarded. It's not good for you to set up your life where you're living lonely, where you isolate yourself, where you remove yourself from other people. It's not good. Proverbs puts it this way. says that someone who isolates themselves rages against all wise judgment. Why? Because the moment you begin to isolate yourself, that's when you become susceptible to the voice of the enemy. It's actually what you see in the book of Genesis. I won't take time to read it all. I encourage you to read it on your own time, maybe today. But you see that God said it's not good for them to be alone, created a divine relationship, and then the next thing you know, the enemy comes in to try to divide, to separate, and he gets the woman away by herself, and in that moment, she starts believing lies. She starts being deceived. You need people around you to help you. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. It. I want you to understand God wants relationship for you. He wants you to have a best friend. He wants you to have a marriage that works. He wants you to have a pastor. He wants you to have leaders in your life. He wants you to be part of a team that is making a difference in the world. He he wants relationship for you. And you're never gonna be strong in life until you build strong relationships. You're never gonna be crushing life until you got some relationships that are crushing, you're not gonna win until you win at relationships. And scripture tells us this, I'm just trying to give you the context, but the truth is we don't even need scripture to tell us this. We know this innately within us. Inside all of us, if we were to take a poll, we find out that there is a longing for belonging. That's why we got people wearing red today, right? not just the make a difference shirts. I'm talking about some Chiefs Kingdom shirts, right? We want to be connected. We want to be associated. We want to be part of something. Man, I'm not wearing a jersey, but I got some red shoes on today, right? I'm doing, trying to represent. We, we want to be connected. We know this. It, it's the way that we're wired. We all crave connection, and we crave it Try to point out to you because it's the way that we were designed. It's the way that we were made. Now, whether you marry or not, that's irrelevant. You can be successful and be single. But what you can't be is successful and alone. Yeah. What's important is that you have strong friendships and strong relationships within the family of God. And I want to help you understand why today, because our connections balance us in life. Our, our, our connections Help us be fulfilled. By yourself, you're gonna live an imbalanced life. None of us see things clearly. We all have blind spots. Can I tell you, my kids need me in their life. If they did not have me or their mom in their life, I mean, they're gonna have chocolate on their face. Their hair is gonna be wild. They're gonna have stuff in their teeth, stains on their shirt. They're gonna look like a college student, I'm telling you. They are, they need me. They need me in their life, and we need each other in our life. So so God hasn't only designed us this way, but he's given us instruction on how this is supposed to work in scripture. It's really interesting. In the Bible, you see this phrase over and over and over again. This phrase, this word, one another, one another. 58 times in the New Testament you can find this word. What you see is things like love one another, care for one another, greet one another, support one another, encourage one another, pray for one another. This is God's plan for relationship. This is why you need people in your life. This is why you gotta get it together because you can handle far more in your life when you're not doing it alone. You can go through all sorts of pressure when you recognize you're not the only one who's had to go through it. You can endure all sorts of pain when you're not by yourself. That's why it always concerns me when people disengage from church because you need this. You're better when you're on a team. You're better when you're in a group. You're better when you're showing up on Sunday, not not just I'm not saying just you need people like you need the right people in your life I'm talking about right here and the reason I can say that with confidence about this relationship in here is because we have never been more connected in the world I mean we are really connected in the world something can't happen in China and we don't hear about it here something can't happen in Australia we don't hear about it here we're connected in the world We're not just connected in the world. I mean, we're connected with each other. We've got LinkedIn, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, Farmers Only. I mean, we've got... In case you don't know, that's that's not me for Farmers Only. And it's not Lil Nas X either, that's Nate, our next-gen director. Uh, I'm just saying, let's pray for him. Uh, I'm just saying, because of technology, we're really connected in the world. But even though, even though the world is more connected than ever, we have never been more lonely than we are right now. Challenge you, do this today. Google it. Google loneliness. And you will see the word epidemic widely used. There are more studies than I could cite, but I was just looking at a couple of them because I thought you might find it interesting, just some statistics. This one's from 2017. It said that two in five Americans report that they sometimes or always feel their social relationships are not meaningful, and one in five say they feel lonely or socially isolated. So this was from 2017. It's from the Health Resources and Services Administration. That's the U.S. government. That was two years ago. Here's one from last year, from the global health service company, Cigna. 46% of U.S. adults report always feeling lonely and 47% report feeling left out. That is one in two. That means that If you are feeling good and connected and have a best friend, odds are the person next to you doesn't. Now, there's lots of reasons for this. Part of it's mobility, right? We move around a lot more than we ever have. Part of it is values. We value individualism more than community. Part of it is the pace of life. We're so busy, we don't feel like we have the time to connect. And that's why I want to highlight for you what happens in here, right here, because there is something that happens here in the church that doesn't happen anywhere else. Can I tell you, you might be married, your marriage is not gonna last forever. One day, you're gonna die. You might have a family, your family is not gonna last forever, but there is one connection that you can make that is going to last forever, and that is the relationships that you make with other believers in the family of God. Scripture says that one day the, church, the, the earth and everything in it is gonna pass away. It's gonna be gone. But the church is not gonna pass away because the church is not a place you go to on Sunday. The, the church is relationships that you're connected with. And that's what we see in Genesis, this picture, of God's intention for community. That's why it's so interesting that before God ever brought another person into Adam's life, he gave him a purpose. I don't know if you saw this, but in verse 15, says the Lord God placed the man in the garden, why? To tend and watch over it. Where's Eve, she's not there yet. God gave him a purpose first, and then after he had a purpose, he said, hey, it's not good for him to be alone trying to do this purpose. I'm Gonna make a helper to help him with this purpose. And see, God wants you in relationship to help you with your purpose. Now, let me just talk to the people that are single, dating, engaged, looking to get married. Can I tell you, you had better know your purpose before you ever get married. Don't try and figure it out somewhere down the line. You gotta know why God puts you on this earth. And he puts you on this earth for a reason. This verse, I don't have it on the screen for you, but it's been rocking my world lately. Ephesians 2.10 talks about how God prepared works beforehand, before we were born, that we should walk in them. Before you were ever born, God already had something in mind for you to do. And you gotta know that before you get into relationship. But here's the thing I wanna tell you is that you can't fulfill God's purpose for your life without God's people in your life. If this is the only thing that you write down today, this, this is worth the price of admission. I don't know how much we charge these days, but <laughs> this will be worth it. You can't fulfill God's purpose for your life without God's people in your life. Now think about this. Over and over again, in Scripture, the church, God's people, are referred to as a body. A body, the body of believers. Paul talks about we're many members in one body. Now, the body is amazing, all the things that the body can do. The body's incredible. The way that we can develop it, the way that it heals itself, the, the way that the feats that we can perform, all, all these things, the body's amazing. But if you think about your body, however the different parts of the body, whether you want to be super specific and microscopic or whether you want to stay in general with it, those parts of the body are no good when they're separated from the body. Their power comes from being connected. My arm, cut off my arm, my arm can do a lot, but if you cut it off, it becomes useless. Not only does it become useless, it's gonna die. My hand, if you cut off my hand, I can do all sorts of things with my hand, but if you cut it off, it becomes useless on its own and it's gonna die. Now spiritually speaking, you separate yourself from the body of believers. You become no use for God's kingdom purpose in your life. And spiritually speaking, you are gonna die. You can, you can only get this when you get it together. There's power in being connected. Our connections empower us. I've got this, this case for my iPad, right? This little keyboard case. I can type on it, but I can't do anything with it when it's not connected. It doesn't do me any good when it's not connected. It's only when it's connected that it works. It's only when it's connected that there's protection. Your, your coffee maker's not gonna produce any coffee for you if it's not connected. Your computer, and we've all been there, is not going to have the power of the internet when it's disconnected. One wire in your car can keep your entire car from moving forward. Just one wire being disconnected. And kind of to tell you, if you are not connected to the body, you won't be useful, you won't be protected. You won't be able to produce what God wants you to produce in your life. You won't have the power that's available to you. You won't move forward if you're not connected. If you're not connected. What's crazy to me, though, is that as powerful as all these connections are, God doesn't do it for us. Think about this. Maybe one of the most important things in our life, God says it's not good, but he doesn't do it for us. He allows us to choose. This is what Proverbs says, that the righteous choose their friends carefully. It's a choice. He puts all of this on your shoulders, the people that you are going to let in your life. And for this reason, a lot of us choose relationships for the wrong reasons. There's a lot of good reasons to choose for relationships, I'm not saying every reason that you choose is a bad reason. If you're looking to get married, I think you should be attracted to them. It's not the most important reason, but it helps. If you're choosing a friend, emotional health, that's a good reason. It's not the most important reason, but man, if you're in a friendship with somebody who's emotionally healthy, they're not always gonna be draining you that's a good reason. Having common interests, having personalities that mesh, all those things are good reasons. I'm not down on any of those things. Relationships should be truthful. I mean, without truth, there can't be trust. And trust is the foundation for love. I mean, those things are good reasons. But if you want to know what really matters, that we don't take into consideration, I'll tell you this, and I don't hear a lot of people ever talk about this, the thing that matters most is spiritual unity. Spiritual unity. Here's what I mean by that. We believe the same thing about God, and we are seeking his plan and his purpose. If you are not spiritually unified, you are not going to enjoy the intimacy, the power, the strength, and the fulfillment that God wants you to have. Because your relationship with God is the most important thing about you. Your relationship with God is the biggest part of your life. And if I can't share the biggest part of my life with you, every other area we connect on is going to be shallow. doesn't matter how many things you have in common. Every other part is going to be shallow because the biggest, most important part of you is your relationship with God. That's why a lot of us, our relationships are a mile wide and an inch deep. We've got all sorts of friendships, but nobody really knows us because we're not sharing the biggest, most important part of our lives with people. We think we need more relationships, but what we really need is some of the right relationships. We need some relationships where there's spiritual unity. Now, understand, I'm not saying technology is bad. I'm not saying we should stop associating with other people. We're called to reach people. How in the world can we reach people unless we go to where they're at? I'm not saying any of that. But what I am saying, and hear me very clearly on this if your best friend is not in the church and I mean they are seeking God's plan you believe the same about God they are seeking God's plan, walking in his purpose your priorities with relationships are in the wrong place now that's strong but it's right you are prioritizing relationships and you're prioritizing the wrong ones. And then you're wondering, why am I hurt? Why is this not working? Why am I broken? It's because you can't have unity if you're not sharing the biggest part of your life. Now, don't take my word for it. Look at what scripture says. Stop forming inappropriate relationships with unbelievers. Can right and wrong be partners? Can light have anything in common with darkness? Can Christ agree with the devil? Can a believer share life with an unbeliever? Now, what I'm going to tell you next, I kind of hesitate to tell you because Like, I want people to like me. I want to be like encouraging pastor, right? I want to help people. But it's because I want to help people that I'm going to tell you this. And I get to, and I'm speaking specifically to those who are dating, looking to date, engaged. These are the people I'm talking to. I get to do a lot of, I've, I've done a lot of premarital counseling in my life. And if you are dating someone, you are looking to join your life to somebody and there is not spiritual unity, you need to end that relationship. It's not gonna happen after you, you're not gonna change her, not gonna change him. Love them, pray for them, but don't look to join your life with somebody when you don't have spiritual unity. How do you ever expect to have sexual unity if you don't have spiritual unity? When you do, it's going to be at a very shallow level. How, how do you expect to have emotional unity if you don't have spiritual unity? What you do is going to be at a very shallow level. You got to get this right. Now, if you are married to an unbeliever, what should you do? You should love them and pray for them. I'm not telling you to change that. I'm just Love them, pray for them. You're committed to them. But don't underestimate how important it is to prioritize and be in the right relationships with people where there's spiritual unity. Amos 3.3 says... How can two walk together unless they agree? I was saying to that, get along shirt, right? You got to agree that you're going to go in the same place. But if two people can't even walk together in agreement, how are we going to do life? How are we going to live if we're not unified in what's most important? So here's the practical step for you. I have a couple things I want to talk to you about. I wanna encourage you to get it together, to get it together. What's it, God's plan for your life, God's purpose for your life? You can't do it alone. It's not good for you to be alone. You need God's people in your life. No other relationship is more important than God's people, his church. We got group signups today. Every person in here needs to sign up for a group. There's a ton of groups. Yeah, but you don't understand my schedule, Pastor. Like I've got so many, I get it. That's why we have some talk it out groups that are about the sermon every week. Maybe you can't make eight weeks, but maybe you can make three. Maybe you can make two. There are groups designed to help you grow. There are groups designed to support you. Groups, every single group is going to help you take a next step into who God has called you to be. Don't leave here without signing up for a group today. You will be missing, this is strong, be missing God's will for your life if you don't sign up. That's the first step. Second step is this, though, is that God not only desires a relationship for you, he desires relationship with you. Thank you so much for joining us for this teaching at Velocity. For more great messages just like these, remember to subscribe. That way you won't miss anything. If today's message impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can do that by going to findvelocity.org give and partnering with us financially. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope this message inspired you, built your faith, and helped you see how God is moving in your life.